For GateWorld.net, I'm David Reed, and I'm here once again with Miss Kate Hewlett. The lovely Kate is so good to be back with you again, dear. Well, thank you very much. Now, we were just talking about Humans Anonymous. Why don't you uh, tell the audience what's going on with that? Yes, it's not a self-help group. It's a play that I wrote, and we are uh, we're producing it again in January in Toronto. And it's a brand new version of the play. It's a 75-minute version. And a new cast. Well, two two people are the same. One of them is me. And uh, my <laughs> friend Phil is in it again. And three new people in the cast. A new director. And a very new take on it. And, and a fairly new script as well. Now, I remember talking to you last year. I think this was the script where you were saying that someone said, you should make it longer. And then you found that there was like this whole part of it that you hadn't even considered before. Was this Is this the same script? It's the same script. I really need a new project, huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I mean, per- <laughs> I'm perfection it takes time. <laughs> it's, uh, it's actually gone through so many different transformations, but it... It started as a 20-minute piece that I wrote to get into a short play festival, and then I expanded it to 55 minutes for The Fringe. Then the company in New York, the Bridge Theatre Company, they wanted me to do a two-act version. So even though I thought it was finished at at the 55-minute length, it wasn't, and I really liked the longer version. But now I... um, it was sort of my choice which length of time slot I wanted for the next stage festival. Mm-hmm. And I went with 75 minutes because I think that's the perfect length for it. There were just certain things in New York that I felt were um, extraneous, you know. And, and there was an intermission that just felt like we were just selling cookies. And that was the only reason why we had an intermission. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we've lost that intermission. And it's a nice, tight 73 or seven four minute piece now. I'll be darned. Yeah. That's that was a well, well, long remember, answer, huh? No, no, it's cool. It's cool. It's perfectly cool. I, I remember <laughs> you talking about this and how you said that you were worried that making it longer would uh, I, f- I think the idea behind it was like you were afraid it would destroy the original idea of it. So I'm really happy that you've you found a way to expand it to a much greater length, you know, larger than three times what it originally was. But yet it's it's still it still rings true to what you originally wanted to make it. That's yeah, rare, in my opinion. It, it is rare. It's interesting how much it changes with each version. Like my my friend Phil and I, uh, Phil Graham, he's he's done every version of the play that that has ever happened. And each time we sit down for a rehearsal with a new group of people, it's a completely different show. And so it's really interesting how much it's changed and how much I'm still finding in it as an actor. I wrote it. Um, and how much, I mean, I still now, I, I read it and I realize that there's part of the plot that's missing. There's just a little chunk of story that that is missing. And I, really? I still would like to go back and look at that. Yeah, because it's, it's a play that goes basically... You know, it starts one day, and then you see them the next day, and then maybe a few days go by, maybe a couple of weeks. But there's one chunk where it's like six weeks later, and you don't get any story wow. in those six and it's a bit odd. Okay. Yeah, so, that would make yeah. sense then to go back and fill that in. And so this 76-minute version um, includes information in that gap? It doesn't. It, this oh, is a it new, doesn't. This is a 
new discovery. So I think oh, okay. the 75 minute one is the best it's been. And Got I'm it. very excited about it, but I just realized there was this weird monologue. <laughs> I, I read it again and there's this weird monologue where the, the character was just like, I hate being disappointed. And she just goes off on this weird thing. And I was like, oh, that's a completely unnecessary piece. So I took it out. And then I realized that in the story, six weeks go by. And that's why I wrote this monologue, just to sort of show the passage of time. Uh, so instead of that, I need to tell the story. Okay. Yeah. But for this particular festival, we only have 75 minutes. So it has to be less than that or they turn the lights on. <laughs> <laughs> You're done. Sorry. Yeah, it's like the do. Oscars. You know, they the the orchestra just starts playing, and they the the lady escorts you off the stage. You you it's have to go. True. You have to go. It's true. The less glamorous version of that. Yes. Oh jeez. Do you find it difficult to to cut stuff from from your work that you're that you're really attached to? You know, I you hear you hear directors like M not M Night Shyamalan. You know, talking about you have to lose your favorite scene. Um, do, do you find yeah. that a difficult process? But you, you have to let the little darlings go. That's what people say. Ah, and, okay. uh, it's I love it. I'm ruthless. I, I'll be <laughs> personal. And I'm like, just cut it. Someone asks a question, and I'm like, cut, get rid of it. But uh, I also, there are certain things I'm attached to. And it's great because this director, this director will say, can we lose this line? And I'll read it, and I'll think about it. And, and then I have to come up with a reason why it's necessary or else it, it goes. It needs to go. So it's good for me. It's actually good to have fresh eyes. Why it's necessary and, to keep the line, you mean? Um, why it's necessary to keep, why it's necessary in the play, like why it's there. Got it. Got it. You have to ask yourself that. Well, you as yeah. the writer, that's great. Yeah. Okay. But I like, I like editing. I love it. It's one of my favorite things to do, to just go through and cut all the fat out. Well, it's you know? a skill. It's, hmm. Are you planning anything for the holidays? Um, no, it's the weirdest year because everybody's going off to Italy to spend Christmas with my mother, uh, and I'm flat broke. So I'm, I'm here and, uh, I'm moving on Saturday cause I am eternally moving mm -hmm. and I'm producing this show. Well, um, sort of producing, it's a co-op, but it's mm -hmm. my company. Um, and, uh, so it's kind of it doesn't even feel like Christmas really, and my birthday's in like four days or something, and I haven't even thought about that at all. Well, happy birthday early! Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Thirty-two. Wow! Yeah. I would never have thought. Good, good answer. Seriously, you know, at all? <laughs> yeah, it's weird. I'm I'm stuck at twenty-three. I think yeah. mentally. <laughs> I I was talking with Martin Garrow the other day. Oh yeah. And Martin always talks about. You know, he was originally uh, thinking about being an actor, but he found that the life that he would be leading is so chaotic and unpredictable and moment for moment that he just had nothing to do with it. And you just seem to be thriving on that kind of energy. What What is it about the, that that you like? I mean, I cannot live unless... The three months of my life are planned out ahead of me, including rent. Otherwise, I am not satisfied, and I don't feel safe. How do you live f moment for moment, and how do you how do you gain energy from that and what you do? The thing is, I've always been disorganized. I was just born that way, and I was disorganized even as a little kid. My dad still makes fun of me for, like, 
I would always have 10 plastic bags with me instead of a school bag. And I would have one shoe at school and one shoe at home. And I was the only kid in the ballet class that would forget their tights and have to wear big woolly socks in the recital. And like, I've always liked that. And my locker was famous for how terrible it was. Um, so honestly, I don't think there's any way I could have order in my life. Mm. So I, I love that. I love order and I love feeling organized and I love it when my apartment's clean, but it never is. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. So it's just like that, that eternal goal that never quite completely gets achieved. Exactly. And then traveling and jobs and all that stuff. It actually, it's great because it means that there's some kind of distraction, you know, like I'll be stressed out about my life and then something will come up and I'll fly off to Germany. And it's, it's really wonderful. I love that. I love not knowing what's coming next. I mean, the money thing is a bit terrifying, but, uh, but as far as predictability, there, I, I do, there is something that I like about, uh, not knowing what's next. Really? I think otherwise I would be a teacher. <laughs> really? Is that what yeah. you would have done otherwise? Yeah. My dad still, every single time I see my, my dad, he says, when are you going to become a teacher? <laughs> dad. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> like elementary or history or was that one of your other passions or was that just what, oh, I hope that little Katie will do this, you know? No, he like, always... I hope she'll be a lawyer or <laughs> a doctor. <laughs> no, no, it's funny. It's because I went back and forth when I was in high school. I went back and forth between wanting to be an actor and wanting to be a teacher. And I, I applied for teacher's college. I've now applied a couple of times and gone in and not gone. Um... And I used to tutor all the time, and I used to teach Italian to a couple of uh, grade five girls, and I used to teach drama camp and drama classes and stuff like that. So it's something, something I used you're really, to really passionate about. Yeah, I really enjoy teaching, um, but I just can't imagine leaving acting completely. Sometimes I think about it, and lately <laughs> I've been thinking about it a lot um, right. because there's it would be really nice to have a normal life and feel like an adult and wake up in the morning and go somewhere and then come home at the end of the day and have a paycheck. There are these things called mm-hmm. paychecks that I've heard of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, they're quite uh, nice. They're clean. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and not have to, not have to put aside, you know, part of my income for tax and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it would be really nice. And I, and I think the teaching is really important and really noble and, I do enjoy it. So I think about it a lot, but I, um, I keep going back to acting for now. Yeah. Well, there are a few jobs more important than teaching, man. That's that I mean, you can't, you can't balk at it. No, it's a, it's a really incredible job. And if you are someone who enjoys it, then you're going to, you know, you'll be good at it. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's, that's one of those things that I, I, it's, it's just, they don't get paid enough. Now this is this is an important job in in almost any you know cl- any type of subject you know this yeah. is a very important job but you know it's 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 sad that in, unless you have tenure good old tenure there's there's yeah. some people just can't do it yeah it's true isn't it I mean it seems like a great income to me because I'm an actor but it's true it's not very much money mm-hmm. and it's it's a labor of love really. Exactly. It really yeah. is. You have to find a spot in it that you just adore or you have to find a group of students that you can't do without, you know, and, and yeah. carry yourself that way. Have well, I, went to a, I went to a girl's school, actually, for 
most of my life, well, all of my, I went from, from kindergarten to grade 13, really? um, to the same school. And I loved, I loved it to pieces. So I always imagined when I was younger that I would teach there, okay. but that changed. Did David go to an all boys school? <laughs> he did. He did. <laughs> <laughs> that explains why he's so awkward with women. <laughs> yeah. And why I'm so awkward with men. It's true. Um, <laughs> He he actually did go for a long time, but then he wasn't a big fan of uh, the whole private school thing. He wasn't a big fan of school, actually. Mm. He's really, really smart, but he's not a school person. Yeah. Uh, I, I was a school person <laughs> who, you know, I, I got really good grades, but I didn't actually learn very much because I just memorized things. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, he actually left in his last year. He left and went to a public school because he wanted, he wanted a more normal environment I think I'm glad I went there though I have to say like as, as a woman I'm I'm thrilled that I never had to worry about there was none of that in the classroom right there was no flirtation there was yeah, no, no cat calls yeah no and no worrying about putting your hand up like I got to I went to uh, Queen's University and I got there on my first day and I was sitting in this psychology class full of I think 200 people and the teacher asked a question and I put my hand up and I was looking around and I think maybe 25 people had their hands up. I was the only one who was female. Wow. And I was like, what, what is going on here? Cause I'd never thought about it. I never, I never considered that my voice wasn't as important, you know? And it was really interesting going to university after that and seeing the dynamic and being in a, I was in a co-ed residence as well. So I really, I did get the experience afterwards, <laughs> but um, I didn't mean that the way that it sounded. <laughs> <laughs> the headline's going to be. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Kate Hewlett gets experience in co-ed. No, the slutty days. No, it was great actually being in a co-ed dorm because I, I made a lot of male friends and it was the first time that I was in that kind of environment, but I did theater at school right and so we always like the boys school and the girls school would do theater together so we actually had a pretty good group of people so atlantis you know we haven't talked in uh well over a year and obviously atlantis has been canceled um what? Thought, yeah. <laughs> no yes oh you know good and Imagine. well um thoughts reactions they um, shouldn't have canceled it i was very disappointed um, but I think that five seasons is a pretty great go of things, and I think it's a nice time to end. Um, all of my favorite shows, I think, ended sooner rather than later, you know? Mm. And uh, I'm excited for David. I'm excited for what's going to happen next. Um, and, I'm, yeah, I'm disappointed because it, it was something that I really, really enjoyed doing, and it was something I looked forward to every year. Um but uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens next. Yeah, it seems he is not going to have any problem finding something good. I'm convinced that he's going to be the next Doctor Who. I don't know. I, I that would be incredible, obviously. But um, I, I think that I, I. It's funny. I feel the same way. I have no doubt that something. I'm knocking on wood. Can you hear me? Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> I hear the wood. <laughs> I, I have no doubt that something wonderful will happen for him because he's he's amazing, you know. Yeah. He's a great act. He needs like Dexter or something like that. He needs to be the lead in some really awesome quirky dark show. Yeah, 
Yeah, exactly. Like sadistic, but you know, like sexy and funny. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, he can do the funny. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm I'm very, very excited for for him. And I think he's going to go to L.A. for a bit. So I think that's a really good move. Great. That's Hmm. great. You know, um, so, and you are an auntie. Now, I don't think we've ever talked about that before. What What was that like? Well, there are hundreds of them now. Everyone's just they're babies everywhere. <laughs> yes. My sister, my sister had twins, and then my other sister had a baby, and then David had a baby, and then my sister had another baby. They're everywhere. I can't even keep track of them anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's fun. It's fun, but I only see. The, the I see the twins a lot because they're in Ontario, but I don't really see the other the other kids too much, which is disappointing because I feel like I don't know them. Aww. I mean, I've only met Baz twice. He's adorable. Mm-hmm. Oh, he is. He's too yeah. cute. Uh, what What are some of your favorite overall single moments uh, from this journey of the show? You know, what what pops into your head? The bar at the Sutton Place. <laughs> the bar at the Sutton Place? <laughs> they put you up in the Sutton Place Hotel. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Um, no, the, I guess the best... I think that the last episode, uh, I think the Shrine was my favorite experience, even though all of the experiences were really great. Uh, the Shrine was... It, it was just such a fantastic script, and I felt so lucky to be in that to be in that episode, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing that was nice about it too is I got to work with everybody. So in, in a way, yes. it's nice that that was my last, that was my last episode, you know, because I got to work very closely with uh, the whole cast and that's never happened before. Yeah, that's a good send-off, isn't it? It really was. And I think, I mean, the moments I always remember and my favorite moments are always kind of the the laughter and that sort of thing. And there, there were a lot of, there were a lot of, um, you know, giggling fits and things on, on the shrine. And that it's really, it's just fun. It's just fun to get to know people in that way and be silly with people. And, uh, obviously the first episode was pretty crazy just because everything was so new and I, I just couldn't believe I was there, Mm. but I was too terrified to enjoy it. I think. Really? I think, I mean, I, I, I felt like I was in a dream the entire time. Just like, what is going on? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, what is going on? Like, I've seen this on TV, and now I'm here, and my brother is over there wearing a, a Canadian flag on his arm, and like, I just, it was just the strangest, and like aliens, and you know, it was duplicate brother. <laughs> oh my god, yeah, like, I maybe it was just the first couple of days, more than anything, the first couple of days, I was just in total shock. It wasn't the jet lag. That was a big part of it. it. And and the fact that I was doing another series at the same time, so I was playing Mm. a different character. But uh, it was scary. It was it was a really big part, you know. And and uh, it was so much fun. It was so much fun working with Amanda and David, and it was great. But I think by the by the fourth time there, I felt comfortable. Mm -hmm. You know. Well, the first time coming in, you know, this character has been. An, uh, a part of the show, in term, at least in her name only, since the yeah. first season. They had thrown this ball around, you know, well, Rodney is a great character, you know, so we want to explore some of his backstory. We've established that he has a sister. We better really cast a kick-ass sister. You know, that's got to be intimidating. 
aside from the fact that he's your actual brother. Yeah. <laughs> it was intimidating, but I think, you know, in those situations, I guess that's part of the shock. Like, I, you can't really think about all of that. You just have to learn your lines and go in and do the work, right? And mm-hmm. then it was all the stuff surrounding it that I think made me realize how big how big this was. Like, how, mm-hmm. you know, even just the first Gate World, I, I remember, I don't know if I t- told you this last time, but... Um, after I found out that I got the part, within a couple of hours, I think, David sent me an email and he said, and he all he wrote was, it begins. And he ah. put a link. <laughs> it was GateWorld. And it was my photo on GateWorld. It was like, Hewlett's sister, cast as, you know, cast as Gmail. Uh, <laughs> and it was like, from that moment on, everything changed. It's been a really wild few years. It really has. There's nothing to say that y- you won't have a chance to 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 be a part of the universe at all. I mean as a as a guest starring role or anything like that. I mean it's probably not going to happen, but you know you, you never know. I don't know. They seem to, I have a bunch of uh, a bunch of friends who have auditioned for the show and really? they seem to be going very young. Yes, they are. I think it's like the new hip Stargate Junior, <laughs> you know. So I think that I don't probably fit into that, but I I would I would love to, you know, I was sort of secretly hoping they'd be like, we need to bring someone over. Who could it be? Early on, that's what I was hoping for, mm-hmm. was that you would be cast, you know, because uh, one of the hallmarks of the of the, the franchise so far has always been when we, it, it always felt like, you know, when they create a new team, they have someone who was intimately involved previously. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously with SG-1, it was Jack and Daniel, and then with, with Atlantis, it was it was Rodney. So when they when they brought a universe about, I figured that they'd have someone to carry the torch, and honestly, I hoped that that would be you. Yeah, it would have been really cool. But you didn't audition for any of the parts, or you didn't audition in the hopes of them pushing uh, Genie I, over to that side either. I didn't audition. Unfortunately, um, I left my agency. <laughs> okay. I left my agency about a month ago. And so I'm, I don't have representation right now. So okay. I'm, I can't even imagine the stuff that I'm missing. It's kind of terrifying. Yeah. But that's all been happening during that time. So I don't know if there would have been something, but... What were some of your first thoughts when you received the script for The Shrine? Um, I, I think that that was your best acting that you have ever done. You know? Oh, great. That was, that was, it was such a, a, a powerful script. You know, and there were some powerful scenes in that that just had me in tears. You know, what what were your first thoughts? Oh my gosh, I can't! Play. I'm gonna have to break down in this scene. How am I gonna do that? Or, or I don't know how I'm gonna get through that scene. What what went through your mind? Um, I think the first thing that happened was David sent me an email saying, "This is." Uh, I think he said you've got you've got your work cut out for you or something, yeah. and then and then he said you know, that like that, that there was some intense acting to be done. Mm-hmm. And then I read the script and I was in tears pretty much from top to bottom, I think. Like I from the page one till the mm-hmm. end. Um and I I wasn't that scared actually. I, I knew when it's when it's a good script and the other obviously the other ones were great scripts as well, but this one in particular it had less comedy in it but it was a really great script and that makes it easier to act well i think oh you just don't um, worry about it flowing out of you when the, when the when the exactly. material's really good exactly like you still do your work and all of that but you don't you don't have to sometimes some of the work 
for an actor is actually trying to figure out how to make the words sound like people would actually say them. Ah. Uh. You know? And this was this was really delightful because it was just such a fantastic, well-written and very moving script. I, I got nervous about the crying scene, the, the scene with David where I where I actually go in to the room where he is and I talk to him for the first time. Um, mm-hmm. Was it scripted that you cry? It was. Okay. Yeah, it was scripted actually like to the point of a, a tear rolls down her cheek like after a certain line. And I'm wow. not one of those people. I, I don't uh, – some some actors have a certain thing that they can do that like they just know they can turn on the tears whenever they mm-hmm. need them. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have that. I, I um, It's funny. I do in real life. <laughs> <laughs> the, the tears, the tears turn on all the time when I don't want them to. Like when I get Aww. frustrated, I cry. Um, so I'll cry in stores and things. <laughs> <laughs> I don't these, these onions. You know, I can't decide. Those are the peppers. <laughs> it's true. It's so true. Um, but I don't have that. And and obviously, most of my background is in stage. And in stage, you have to get there once every night. So if there's some big emotional scene, or even if there are many big emotional scenes, you just have to do it once, and it makes perfect mm-hmm. sense in the arc of the story, right? So you just you go through that journey, you step out on the stage, and for two hours or however long it is, you're on that journey, right? Mm-hmm. It's your buildup. Yeah, yeah, and you just – I never have trouble with emotional stuff on stage, ever. So – and also, you know, you don't have a camera in your face seeing whether or not you actually have tears coming down your face and, you know, all mm-hmm. that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um so I wasn't nervous about that. And then until the day of, it was really interesting. I learned a lot, actually, because I misjudged when to let the emotion come in. Every time I read the, every time I read the scene, I cried. I couldn't uh-huh. get through the scene without crying. And David and I went through our lines together, and we specifically shut off so that we weren't really doing it. We just like said the words really quickly, and we didn't work mm-hmm. on the scene because we knew it would be better if we just saved it. Mm-hmm. So... Unfortunately, what I did was I got into the rehearsal, no cameras, all the, you know, the whole crew watching, everybody watching to see what they're going to light and where we're going to go and all the blocking and everything. And I came into the room and we started the scene and I was sobbing. And David and I both, like he was crying and I was crying and the scene, it it felt like the best version of the scene that ever happened. And so I was... And then my problem, again, in real life, too, is I cry, and then it's gone. Oh, really? Shut off. Totally shut off. And so I experience the same thing. So when we, you know, then we go back to the trailer, you do whatever, you fix your makeup, whatever you do, you you come back, and you have to do it again, and I couldn't. So I actually have to admit that when I saw the, the final the final product I was so relieved and so happy because I thought that the scene was really good and I was worried the day of that I that I that it wasn't you know that that it it didn't rehearsal yeah and so I'm I'm really pleased with how it turned out and I and I learned I just learned a lot about technique I think and about saving it and Mm -hmm. um I just needed I just need to at least save it for the first take yeah, you and I have always talked about you know how how theater and 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 film are just completely different skill sets. You know, oh, there's so different. little that that carries over from one to the other. Yeah, mm. it's true. And I love film. I mean, I I I absolutely love film, and I'm 
I'm really glad that I've been doing more of that. But uh, it's definitely, you know, there's so much to learn. And theater, I understand the rules. You know, I understand the the process and all of that. And it's obviously different every time. But there are certain things I just I just know, and I I feel comfortable mm-hmm. up there. And with the film, it it every single job is a learning experience. And part of why I would love to have my own series. Um, aside from all the other reasons, is just to be able to learn, to be able to learn every day and to get comfortable with a group of people. So you get to a point where you're not trying to show people you can do it. You're just mm-hmm. in the character and you're doing your job. Mm-hmm. And I think that would be really incredible. Like to do a sitcom or something where you're just in that character all the time and sort of living it and and have and you work with the same people every day and all of that. Well, it's, it's a really great way to grow your skills, you know. It's a very natural oh, yeah. way, too, because not only are you living your life, but you're living this other characters as well. Yeah. Mm. If Atlantis hadn't been uh, canceled, mm-hmm. where would you have hoped that uh, this character would have gone? I This is going to sound ruthless and terrible, but I'm going to say it anyway. <laughs> I sort okay. of hoped that there would be some kind of emergency in her life that meant that she needed to actually join the team. Like, that, like you know, her, her child went missing or something like that. And mm. that there was... Um, because the Earth, the Earth thing was fun, is fun a couple of times, but after that, it's limited, right? Cause it's like, yeah, it's like, well, we have to go back to Jeannie on Earth, and, you know, exactly. she has her own life. Right. Right. And it becomes sort of becomes repetitive. So there was something interesting about like the family going missing, or um, or her getting forced to stay on Atlantis, or something like that. That I was sort of hoping would happen, so that there'd mm-hmm. be some, um, you know, so I could be really more integrated into the actual storyline. I was always wondering if if um, uh, if they were going to consider making um, the Millers the first family of Atlantis. You know, she wouldn't have to be in every episode. You know, Zelinka and Rodney's team is a big team. Um, yeah. But bringing you in every few episodes or so, just letting us know that you are around, and then uh, every once in a while making you a significant part of the story, I thought that that would have been a compelling direction to go in. Yeah, I wondered about that too, but I think it's tricky once you have a child on you know, like a character, the child character, because my God, the actress was like the most mature, incredible person I've ever worked with. Oh. Um, <laughs> seriously, she's like, she's going to be so famous. But uh, I think once you bring a child onto the show, it's a bit strange somehow. Hmm. I don't know. That doesn't always work. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't know. Huh. I, th- I wondered about that too. I did wonder about that. But, but then it sort of takes away the tension and the the relationship between the the McKay's and all of that, you know? Mm-hmm. If she's there all the time, it's kind of like... It would have made an interesting new dynamic out of it. It really um, would have, yeah. But you're right. I mean, you have to ask yourself, okay, who's going to school the kid? And, I all mean, is, is the ancient yeah. computer going to school her, you know? I mean... <laughs> and then does it become like a, you know, does it become like a movie of the week kind of thing? Exactly. Well, you know, I mean, for better or for worse, the series is... is terminated and it's going to be in in movies are are you um are you open to involvement in in uh, any of the movies oh god yeah i'd love i'd love to be involved i i certainly haven't heard anything but um 
yeah, I would love that. It'd be really fun to go back. I mean, like I said, it was a great final experience too. So I'm, I'm happy. Mm-hmm. Um, but if they, if they do the movies and, and, um, uh, there's anything for me, I'd be, I'd be all over it. That's terrific. As long as that Dave guy's not in it. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so Humans Anonymous is is uh, the big thing on your plate right now? Yes. Uh, yep. www.fringetoronto.com. That's all the information and uh, ticket sales and things. It's It starts on January 8th and goes to the 18th. Okay. Great. Yeah. You yeah. haven't been blogging a whole lot. I know. I, I, <laughs> I went and I saw cats in apple boxes. I'm thinking, hmm. <laughs> And tea strainers for brains. Huh. Is yeah. she, it, but the, the, the cat sitting in the, I think it was, I think the cat was sitting on the stove. No, he was in a, uh, he, he sits like, in Is she cooking the cat? He sits in a sink. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Like I'll, every time I go to brush my teeth, there's a cat in the sink. He won't leave until I turn the water on. Like it's ridiculous. And um, he loves it in there. It's the perfect. He he sort of overflows a little bit over the edges because he's enormous. But he loves it in the sink. And then they also both they they took turns getting in my uh, MacBook Air case. Uh. <laughs> the other picture. Yeah, they, they both loved that. Yeah, that's adorable. How many do you have? Um, just just two. I'm not oh, in. Okay. I'm not in crazy lady status yet. <laughs> <laughs> crazy cat lady. <laughs> yeah. I think you have to have three to be an official crazy cat lady. Any Anything else that we should be on the lookout for? Uh, yes. I, I wrote a short film that I'm going to be acting in with Michelle Giroux again, and uh, that is called She Said Lenny. We're shooting in, I think, end of January or beginning of February, and we got a Bravo Fact um, funding for it, so that's really exciting. Really? And that means it'll be on TV at some point. That's great. Yeah, so that's next up. And then just lots of – I'm really trying to have a fresh start because I was, I was feeling like I needed a lot of change. And instead of becoming a teacher, um, I, I'm doing lots of things to start fresh, and I'm pretty excited. Like the, the moving is going to be great. I'm moving in with a roommate into a, a nice house, and I'm uh, looking for a new representation. And That's I'm, why you left, right? Yeah, lots, just lots of changes, you know. Like, uh, it's it's gonna be fun. Oh, and I recorded a I recorded an album of five of my songs. Really, a musician by the name of Chris Stanton, um, and we actually sold at the convention in Germany, which was a total blast. <laughs> I sold twenty three copies of the CD, so I'm I'm excited. Good I'm for really you. I'm hoping to. I, I just sold the. Um, the songs themselves as as files and i'm going to email them to people who bought them uh but soon we're going to have an actual packaged version of it and i'm going to see see how that goes well good for you girl you sound awfully busy you know and and things are things sound like they're going in in a in the right direction you know? i hope so yeah yeah are you happy i'm doing well yeah <laughs> is that a good, good answer i'm yeah. i'm uh it was a tough summer and I'm feeling great now. I'm feeling really excited about about coming out of that, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think I am. Wormhole disengaged. 